Let's turn just to the scriptures, please. We're going to look at quite a lot of scriptures tonight. We want to look at the wounds of Jesus this morning. We looked at the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus this evening. It's the wounds of Jesus. And in this, we want to look at the wounds are prophetic. They were spoken of before they happened. They are personal to the Father because they are the wounds of his Son. So they're personal to God and they are permanent. And they will be wounds throughout eternity which have scarred the hands, the feet, the side, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's look at Zechariah chapter 13, please. Just a couple of verses, but keep your Bible open at Zechariah 13. A couple of verses. Zechariah chapter 13, verse... I'll tell you what, we'll just read one verse 6 at the moment. But he shall say, pardon me, that's verse 5, and one shall say unto him, What are these wounds in thine hands? Then he shall answer, Those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. Let's read it again. And one shall say unto him, What are these wounds in thine hands? Then he shall answer, Those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. Let's just pray again. Father, take your own word. And again, we ask you, Lord, that you would speak to every one of us. Help every believer, every born-again Christian to see afresh and anew the glory of their Savior. Lord, that we would worship you with newness of heart, Lord, that we would worship you with all that we have and that we would fall in love with you afresh again. If there's one listening that knows not your son as their own Lord and personal Savior, then we pray this evening that they would see their need of him. And, oh God, that you would save them. And that you, Lord, would reveal to them your only begotten Son, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world, the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask it in his name. We ask it for his glory. Amen. And one shall say unto him, What are these wounds in thine hands? Then he shall answer those with which I was wounded, in the house of my friends. One shall say unto him, who is the him? Automatically we say, well, obviously it's the Lord Jesus Christ, although some scholars, few number, but some scholars say it's not Jesus. I am with the school that says it is the Lord Jesus Christ. Bear with me while we do go through some Bible apologetics throughout our service this evening to be able to show through Scripture Lining scripture with scripture, how this is our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, the only Savior. I assert that this speaks of the Lord Jesus because in Zechariah chapter 13 and verse 1, if you'd like to read it with me, it says, In that day there shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. My brothers and sisters and friends, the fountain open. Some say, oh, that will be in a latter time. That would be, some say, even near millennial age. That fountain has already been opened. 
That fountain is the fountain of blood, the blood which flowed from Emmanuel's veins. There is no other sacrifice, and there is no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died, and that he died for me. You can say that, that Christ's sacrifice was more than enough. Notice this, Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown in their commentary says this about this verse. The fountain opened, it has been long opened, but then first it shall be so to the house of David, representing all of Israel, after their long and weary wanderings. So yes, brothers and sisters, yes, friend, this fountain opened to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and then it flows freely to you and I this very evening, after our long and weary wandering. It flows to you and I who are saved by grace, Sheep brought into the shepherd's fold. You and I are washed in the blood. William Cowper once wrote, There is a fountain filled with blood, drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. Yes, in Zechariah 13, it speaks of the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the fountain open and opened in the house of David. And so in Zechariah 13 and verse 6, And one shall say unto them, What are these wounds in thine hands? Then he shall answer, Those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. John chapter 1 and verse 11 says, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. There was a Judas section of Israel when Christ came in Palestine. And yet there was a mongrelized section of Jewry there too who hated him. The Pharisees, there was an Edomite element, a proselytized who despised the Savior. But he came on to his own and his own received him not. These are the wounds with which I was wounded in the house of my friends, he says. Prophetically looking hundreds of years, around 500 years before Calvary. And then, of course, in Psalm 41 and in verse 9, it says, Yea, mine own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. Here this is also fulfilled when Christ was arrested by the Praetorium Guard in Gethsemane to be brought to the high priest's house and then, of course, to go to Pilate and Herod and so on. And that time was to be tried under a kangaroo court, a court that should never have happened, even according to the law of the Lord and even to the law of the Jews. And so we have, my own familiar friend is, he who hath eat his bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me is Judas Iscariot, who says, he whom I kiss on the cheek. He says, here it is, arrest him. He is the Christ in the darkened night of Gethsemane when only torchlight could light the way. There would be many shadows and it could be mistaken that he might get away, but not when Judas Iscariot would kiss him on the very cheek. Not when Judas would betray him. The kiss of a traitor wounded the Lord's heart as much as the nail that wounded his hand, friend. I'm going to say it again, the kiss 
of a traitor wounded the Lord's heart as much as the nail that wounded his hand. In John chapter 13, we read of the Lord Jesus in the upper room, and there he is breaking bread, and he's having fellowship with the disciples. And there he dips in the sop to give it to Judas Iscariot, who sat behind him, the old vagabond backstabber. And he gave him the sop, and he went out, and it was night. And of course, Christ was arrested in Gethsemane. Yes, I submit to you that Zechariah speaks of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Zechariah 13 and verse 7, we see another picture of Christ in the chapter. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts. Smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered, and I will turn mine hand upon the little ones. Can you see here how he's saying, smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. Here again is Jehovah's shepherd, or the shepherd sent from Jehovah. Notice, awake, O sword, against my shepherd. Jehovah, Yahweh says, he's my shepherd. He's the man whom I send to you. Awake, O sword, as now comes the persecution after his arrest, after his betrayal, after they take him into the judgment seat of Pilate and Caiaphas and Annas house and Herod. After they take him, they take him and they pierce his side with the spear. Arise, awake, O sword, against the man that is my fellow, my shepherd. So here, Jehovah is speaking again of the man that will come. In Psalm 80, in verse 1, it says, The shepherd of Israel, thou that leadest Joseph like a flock, thou that dwellest between the cherubims, shine forth. Here Jehovah, Yahweh himself is saying, the one who shines between the cherubims, the one who is in glory, receiving the worship, he whom Isaiah saw in Isaiah chapter 6, in the year the king Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up in his tree and filled the temple. And then we're told, and there were two seraphims stood one on either side with him. And with twain they had six wings. With twain they covered their face. And with twain they covered their feet. And with twain they did fly. And one cried unto the other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. This is none other than a vision of Christ before Bethlehem. This one whom Isaiah saw, for John records it, that Isaiah saw his glory. Now John sees him in his humanity. Here we see that the one the Lord talks about between the cherubim now shines down into the very tabernacle, the holy of holies in Israel, right into that desert tabernacle or tent. And there was the mercy seat, the lid of the Ark of the Covenant. And there were the cherubim angels touching wing with wing. And there comes the glory from heaven to come between the cherubims. And he says, you are the shepherd of your people Israel. And he's still the shepherd of his people Israel tonight. Notice this. Isaiah 40, verses 10 and 11. says, Behold, the Lord your God shall come with a strong hand and his arm. Note that. And his arm shall rule for him. And his reward is with him. And his work before him 
He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather his lambs with his arm and carry them into his bosom. Now notice, brothers, sisters, and friends, this. Here is Yahweh, the Lord, your God, Jehovah, Elohim, the creator of all things of heaven and earth. It says, he will come with a strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. God, he is God, Yahweh. His arm is his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the man of Calvary. He shall come again and rule for Yahweh, for he is Yahweh in the flesh. And here we see the Lord saying, he shall come and rule for him. Now notice, for his reward, his reward is with him. Here again we see the Lord Jesus in the book of Revelation, chapter 22 and verse 12, speaking to John and he says, Behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me. He's speaking of the Son of God. He's speaking of the glory of the Father wrapped clothed and veiled in flesh. So here we have this wonderful God. This one true living God is our Savior. He is our shepherd, and he comes in the person of his only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's coming again to rule and to reign. Notice verse 11 says, He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather his lambs with his arms. Jehovah feeds his flock and he gathers them with his arm. And he gathers them, it says, he shall gather them into his bosom, into the heart of God. Oh, every little lost sheep, he says. Like the 99 are in the fold and one he goes after the one that's gone astray. He says, I'll come out and I will seek and see of that which was lost. And again, he says here, he shall feed his flock like a shepherd and gather his arms, gather his flock, or sheep rather, with his arm. Now notice, Yahweh says, I will gather my lambs. I will gather them with my arm. How are we gathered like little lost sheep? How are we gathered like lambs that are lost before God? How are we gathered but none other than the arm of the living God? That is the Son of the living God. He who stepped down from eternity and became flesh and died on the cross, shed his most precious blood. Oh, he is our great shepherd and he has gathered us with his own wonderful arm. Where did he gather us? Into the heart of his Father into the heart of God. Friend, I submit to you that when Zechariah 13 speaks, he speaks of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered, it says in Zechariah 13 and 7. Smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered. Matthew 26 and verse 31 says, Then saith Jesus unto them, all ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of a flock will be scattered abroad. Can I ask you, is there someone here? Maybe someone listening online. Someone who will watch this. Is there someone and you're ashamed of Christ? You're ashamed of the Savior. You're ashamed of the Lord who shed his blood for you. 
You're ashamed. Is there a Christian who's ashamed in work? Who's ashamed among their family? Who's ashamed among their friends? Who's ashamed to be associated with this wonderful Savior? Is there someone tonight and you're ashamed of him? Oh, the apostle says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, he says, for it is the power of God on the salvation on everyone that believeth. We are not ashamed of Christ. I, brothers and sisters, am not ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am privileged to be associated with the Nazarene. I am privileged to be associated with the Savior. Oh yes, here we have the Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, according to Hebrews 13 and 20. Smite him and the sheep will be scattered, he says. First Peter 2 and 25, he's called the shepherd and bishop of our souls. First Peter 5 and verse 4, he's called the chief shepherd. John chapter 10 and verse 11, he calls himself the good shepherd. The good shepherd, the word good is kalos. The shepherd who's winsome, the shepherd who's attractive. Oh, he attracted us by his grace. He attracted us through his spirit. He attracted us through the gospel. Comfortable words sent forth to his people. And oh, what a wonderful shepherd he is. And of course, how can we ever forget and how could we leave out Psalm 23 and verse 1 when David calls him? He says, the Lord, Yahweh, Jehovah, is my shepherd. He's mine. It's okay saying he's great. It's okay saying he's good. And it's okay saying he's the shepherd and bishop of other souls. But is he yours? Is he your shepherd? Is he yours? In Genesis 49 and verse 24, he's called the shepherd the stone of Israel. In Genesis 30, Ezekiel 34, pardon me, if you want to turn to it, we'll look at a few verses in Ezekiel 34. Ezekiel 34 it's about the shepherd and the sheep. Verse 6, he says, My sheep wandered through all the mountains and upon every high hill. Yea, my flock were scattered upon all the face of the earth, and none did search nor seek after them. Notice what he says in verse 16 of Ezekiel 34. I will seek that which was lost. Yahweh says, I'm coming. Jehovah says, I will seek myself. That which was lost. And that which was driven away and will bind up that which was broken, will strengthen that which is sick and will destroy the fat and the strong. I will feed them with judgment. Verse 23 says, And I will set up one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them, even my servant David. He shall feed them, and he shall be their shepherd. My servant David's dead. David's dead at this point. David's in the ground. David's passed from this scene of time in this life. Yet God says he's going to set up a shepherd. Even David, he's speaking of David's greater son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says there's going to be one shepherd. There's going to be one shepherd and one fold. Verse 24, and I, the Lord, will be their God. My servant David, a prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken it, and I will make with them a covenant of peace. And will cause the evil beasts to cease out of the land, and they shall dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. Oh, he says, when my servant comes, when my son comes, when my 
shepherd is sent forth for you. He says, he will bring you the covenant of peace. Peace by Jesus Christ, friend. Is there someone you have no peace in life? Is there someone you have no peace of heart? Someone with no peace of mind? No peace in your spirit? No peace in your marriage? No peace in your family? No peace. Jesus is the one who has brought the covenant of peace that you and I may live with a peace that the world cannot afford nor understand. Salvation of the soul. Forgiveness of sin. Healing throughout. Here the Lord says, listen to what he says. John 10 verses 15 and 16, as the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Here he comes, he says, I'll seek them. I'll do it. The great almighty Yahweh, the Lord God omnipotent, the great almighty self-existing Jehovah, the Elohim who spoke all things into being. He says, I will come and I will seek and I will save them and I will be their shepherd and I will die for them. When I look at the cross and I see the man Christ Jesus, I look past the veil of flesh and I see the great creator of all things hanging and bleeding and dying in my room instead. I see him coming for a guilty, vile, useless, hell-deserving sinner. Someone like me and I'm hanging and bleeding and dying to take away my sin. I see the great God, omnipotent Lord. I see him nailed hand and foot. I see him with a riven side. And I see him marred more than any man. I see his back like a ploughed field. I see he did it for me. He says, I will come. He says, I will come. You know why he came, friend? Because none other was good enough. And none other was able. He says, other sheep of I which are not of this fold. He's speaking to the Jews, he says. He scattered Israel and went out. He says, other sheep are not of this fold. He says, I must gather. There shall be one fold and one shepherd. Here he's speaking again from that which we have just read. Ezekiel 34. So one shall say unto him, what are these wounds in thine hand? These wounds were prophetic, spoken off before it happened, hundreds of years before. Isaiah 53, verse 5, he says, For he was wounded for our transgressions, 
and he was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Listen, verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord, Yahweh, hath laid on him, the Son of God, the iniquity of us all. Oh, I think of the lamentating prophet Jeremiah in the book of Lamentations, chapter 1 and verse 12. Watching them taking their lambs down at Passover. Thousands upon thousands and thousands of them. People meeting thousands of priests. Going into a temple that was to be destroyed. Shedding the blood of lambs which no longer could appease even God. It was defunct. The enemy at the door. The Babylonians coming and destroying Jerusalem. And then he cries, is it nothing to you? All ye that pass by, behold and see if there be any sorrow, like unto my sorrow which is done unto me. Wherewith the Lord hath afflicted me in the day of his fierce anger. Where the father afflicted his son. So nothing to you, all ye that pass by. What does Calvary mean? The way into Jerusalem, thousands of lambs. Yet the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world was hanging on a cross. Almightiness and humanity. And he felt every pang of pain that you and I would ever feel. Is it nothing to you? Or he that passed by, he says. Actual Hebrew reads it like this. Is it nothing to you? They walk by with their lambs. That's what people do. They bring the lamb of sacrifice and they bring the lamb of religion and they bring the lamb of ceremony and they bring the lamb of good works and they bring the lamb of the mass and they bring the lamb of, of rosary and they bring the lamb of Protestant uh, religion and they bring all these lambs up, you see, and they bring them toward their church and their temple thinking they're praising God. Yet all the time, the lamb of God shed his blood for us. <laughs> Nothing to you all ye that pass by. It means pass by the way. And Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 6, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Yeah, so Verse 7 says, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd. Prophetic these wounds of Christ. Against the man. Notice the man. Here's his humanity. The man that is my fellow. So now these wounds, you see, they're, they're personal. Personal. The man that is my fellow. Says Yahweh. Says God. Says Jehovah. The man that is my fellow. Mine. He is mine. This is my beloved son. This is my Agabitus Rios. In whom I am well pleased.
against my shepherd, against the man that is my fellow. These wounds are personal to God. These wounds speak of those nail prints in his hands, his feet, his ribbon side. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 19 and 20, it tells us that the Lord Jesus was the Lamb who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world. What was manifest in these last times for you? Notice, Jesus the Lamb was verily foreordained before. Now you can write there eternity. That's eternity. Before there was a sinner and Adam on the earth, there was a Savior in heaven. That is eternity. In the mind of God, the Lamb was already slain. That's eternity. Before the foundation of the world, that's antiquity. The foundation of the world is antiquity. But was manifest in these last times for you. That's in reality. Reality. Listen. Foreordained means to designate beforehand. From the foundation of the world, the antiquity means to throw down. It speaks of God throwing into space by the speaking of his word. Reality means to make her to become visible in these last days. He says, now here is the one, this shepherd. Here is the one, this lamb. Here is the one who will die. Here is my man, he's saying. Hebrews 4 and 3 says, For we which have believed to enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. In the mind of God, the works were finished. In the mind of God, he looked down through space. He looked down through time when he called it into being. He looked down through the cross. He looked down and saw you and I on every hill and mountain, going our own ways. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. And he says, there they are. Destitute of any thought of God. Destitute of any thought about me. But I will come. And I will save. This man, he says, the man that is my fellow. You see, the Lord had said this because the term fellow means the hero. This is the way it reads in some manuscripts. He is the hero that is with me. He is the hero that is with me. It means the strong fellow, the one who stands next to me. Notice the man who stands next to me, Jehovah says. Christ came under his father's will, fullness of his authority. And he had kept his law that we couldn't keep. In Mark chapter 16 and verse 19, speaking of the man who stands next to me, listen to what it says. So then after that the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. 
He is the man in the glory tonight, the man who stands next to our Father. He is the man who intercedes for us tonight. He is the man, our great high priest, who stands there, shows his wounds and spreads his hands. He is the man who is interceding for us tonight. We could go on, Acts 7 and 55 says, But being full of the Holy Ghost, Stephen looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Romans 8, 34. Colossians 3 and verse 1. Hebrews 12 and verse 2. 1 Peter 3 and verse 22. All mention the Son of God standing at the right hand of God or of the majesty on high. Hebrews 8 and verse 11 says that he's standing on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Hebrews 10 and 12 says, but this man, God's arm, God's shepherd, God's lamb, this man means God's associate, God's companion, God's only begotten this man. These wounds are personal to the Father because he says, are you listening? You wounded my son. You wounded my son. Ken Davidson, you wounded my son. You wounded my son. If you're not saved, you wounded my son. And when you stand before him on that day, if you're not saved, and the Lord says, you wounded my son. God's not going to ask you how many curse words you said. He knows all the curse words you said. He's not going to ask you how many times you got drunk. He knows every time you got drunk. He's not going to ask you how many times you took drugs. He knows every time you took drugs. He's not going to ask you the questions. He knows it. He's omniscient. He knows all things. But what he will say, he's going to say, you wounded my son. Now, what have you done with him? How do we stand? Who expects to go to heaven or to be in the kingdom when heaven comes to earth? Who expects to stand before him justified? Who expects to enter the kingdom of God on their own merit, on their own doing? Who here would expect to say, well, you know, I'm not so bad and I have done this, that, and the other, but I know you're so gracious. He says, you wounded my son. My son died for you. And you rejected him. I thank God for the day 21 years ago I came under the sound of the gospel and I heard of this one who came to die for a man steeped in alcohol and drugs with a wasted life and so much more. And 
he drew me through his word and his spirit and by his grace. He gave me repentance unto life. And I called on his name to be saved. He's not going to say to me, you've wounded my son. Because I accept that I am a vile sinner. And he is a great saviour. And I accept what he has accomplished for me on Calvary's tree. These wounds are personal to him. Listen to this as we round this up to close for our next few moments. One shall say unto him, what are those wounds in thine hands? The literal translation can be, what are the wounds in your body from hand to hand, especially in the hands? See, he was beaten, he was whipped. Psalm 22 is known as the Psalm of the Cross, 1,000 years before it happened. Psalm 23 is known as the Psalm of the Crook, that is, the Lord is my shepherd. Psalm 24 is known as the Psalm of the Crown. You have the cross, the crook, and the crown in those three Psalms. And when you see it, you see the cross of Christ. You see Christ as our shepherd, then you see the crown of Christ. He says in verse 1, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And he cries this in Matthew 27 and verse 46 from the cross. Psalm 22 and verse 16, he says, For dogs have compassed me. Here through the spirit of prophecy, he sees the Romans around him who have nailed him to the tree. Then he says, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me, closed me. Here is the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees and the Jewish leaders who call for his death. Then he says, they pierced my hands and my feet. This is what they've done, Father. It will cry out through all eternity. In Isaiah 49 and verse 16, it says, Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Behold, Yahweh says, I have engraven thee upon the palms of my hands. The, the nails that were hammered in, he was engraving my name in his hand. The pen, the Roman nail was the pen that wrote my name and engraved it forever in the palms of God. Augustus Toplady, who wrote Rock of Ages, Cleft for Me, wrote also, My name from the palms of his hands, eternity will not erase. Impressed on his heart it remains with marks of indelible grace. Yes, they're permanent. Revelation 5, John is showing alarm 
standing up on the throne, sitting on the throne, which had been slain, it's now alive. How did he know it had been slain? Because of the marks of its sacrifice. When Jesus comes, the dead in Christ will rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord. And we're going to be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. There's not going to be a mark on you. There's not going to be a mark on you. God's kingdom, the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ will be in perfect order. And we find in that the only one with the marks will be Christ himself. And he'll print in his hands and in his feet his riven side. The lashes on his back. What are these wounds in thine hands? One shall say to him. These with which I was wounded in the house of my friend. I finish with this. Thank you for your attention. In Luke 24, verses 39 and 40, the risen Christ comes to appear before terrified disciples, afraid of the Jews, the doors are locked. And appearing, he says, Behold my hands and feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see. For a spirit hath not flesh and bones, as you see me have. Risen from the dead, bearing the scars of Calvary. And verse 40 says, And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his heart. showed me his hands that were marred by my sinning. He showed me his feet that were nailed to the tree. I then saw his brow on his side deeply wounded. And now I love Jesus, and Jesus loves me. The wounds of Jesus, the wounds of the Son. But when one says to him, what are these wounds in thine heart? are those who will run and cry to the hills and to the rocks, fall on us and hide from the face of him that sitteth upon the throne. But there will be those of us who are saved, who will see the wounds of Jesus, and we will say, 
wounded for me. Wounded for me. There on the cross, He was wounded for me. Gone my transgressions, and now I am free. Why? All because Jesus was wounded for me. Praise His name. He's worthy of the praise. He's worthy of the glory. And He's worthy of all the honor. Let us rejoice and be glad that Christ hath died for us. And that we, if you're saved, belong to Him. Amen. Praise His name.